Today is the fifth year anniversary of us being in our building. Five years we've been in this house today. I mean, it was, it was a Sunday five years ago. And today, it's a Sunday again. And it's the anniversary of us stepping into this building that we had been on a long journey in. And, and, uh, and, and it's, I believe it's very, um, I, I believe that it's very profound that today is five years and that it's a day of the houses we're talking about this month leading up to um, the, the first Sunday of October, leading up to that day as our provision of the house offering that we receive every year. Actually, we didn't last year, but we did the year before. And um, as, as we talk about that today, we're just talking about the, the house of God and understanding God's house and his way of thinking and doing. Last week, we talked about a number of scriptures, and I, and I want to just review a little bit. Um, one of the verses that we looked at was in Proverbs 29, and it was the 18th verse. And the New King James Version of Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. We talked about and defined the word restraint last week. And um, to restrain, in, in one sense of the word, is to hold back. You know, if, I'm, if, if uh, Fabian's trying to get up and I'm pushing him like this, I'm restraining him from moving. Okay? That's not this word. That's not this word, to hold someone back. To restrain is to give boundaries. To give a person boundaries to learn how to operate and move in. When there's no redemptive revelation of God, people cast off restraint. They cast away and push away boundaries that are there to protect and to build and to construct a person's life. Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And that rock was not Peter in that passage of Scripture. That rock was not a lot of things that I think people think it is, but what that, to me what it was, was the revelation that Peter had about who he was. That's what people need to know. The purpose of the church, the house of God that is the church of Jesus Christ, that is the body of Jesus Christ in the earth, the house is not this building. The house is you and I. And I've said this a number of times throughout the summer and leading up to, today, to today's service. I've said this, that nobody in here was created to do everything that Jesus did. Nobody in here individually can do what Jesus did. Nobody. When you, when you read the miracles and the manifestations that Jesus operated in in his ministry, no one person can do what he did. But he said, the works that I did, you'll do. And greater works because I've gone to the Father. 
No individual person was created to do what Jesus did. We were created to do it together. One body, many parts. And we were created as different individual parts to connect with each other in spite of each other. The church of Jesus Christ today around the world is advancing. Over 6,000 people a day are being born again around the world. Every day. I, I, I don't care how many people. You, you can give me all kinds of statistics. I'm a part of raising the bar and raising that number. I'm a part of that. There's 6,000 a day. In a year from now, as a result of Gates of the City, we want to see a lot more people born again because we're advancing His kingdom. Born again is where it starts, but what was His great commission? It was to make disciples. At Gates of the City, we love God, we love people, and we're making disciples. That's what we're here to do. We've always been here doing that, and that's what we're still doing, is making disciples. You, God, Jesus cannot build His church with undiscipled people. He won't. He will not build His church with unrenewed people that don't think like Him. That's why we're commissioned in Matthew 6, Seek first His kingdom... His kingdom, His domain, and His way of doing and being right, and everything else in our lives will be added to it. Problem is, I'm not saying this about you. I'm not saying this about anybody else. You can just see the result or the fruit that too much of the church has spent time in themselves instead of seeking His kingdom and understanding what that's really like. In our, in our prayer meeting this morning, excuse me, I was... Uh, sharing with our team uh, just this little story, this thought that I had. Um, when, I, when, I was a, when I was young, we used to, I was raised on, in New Mexico, in the desert, on playing golf and on my dad's golf course. And that's really where I spent 90% of my time was playing golf and just on the golf course, working the golf course, and making trouble on the golf course. And, uh, but... <clears throat> Anybody ever remember the show called The Rat Patrol? A hand? Four of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It was, a, it, was a, it was about a military group of guys, and they had Jeeps, and they had guns up on the roll bars of the Jeeps. And, and they would, you know, go into enemy territory, and they would, you know, protect certain areas or whatever. So uh, in, in New Mexico, uh, New Mexico's full of rabbits. And rabbits love bent grass greens. If you don't know what a green is, sorry, I can't have time to explain it. But <clears throat> they love bent grass, and they want to come and eat grass and kill the grass. When they eat it, they pull it up by the root and they kill it. And they, they liked eating the grass on the putting greens on, on the golf course. So about midnight, we'd go out in Jeeps with shotguns, and we thought we were the rat patrol. And we had... We had big KC lights on the front of our Jeeps and we'd, in trucks, and we'd drive around, and we'd shine them on those rabbits, and <laughs> we'd take all the rabbits out. We'd spend hours killing rabbits like that. Don't tell any of the animal rights people. <clears throat> but, we, you know, we, we had a blast. And, you know, we, we'd hunt dove, and we'd, we'd, I'd, we'd shoot, I shot a lot of shotguns. I shot some rifles and stuff, but I shot a lot of shotguns. So... 
you know, I, I felt if somebody asked me, do you have guns? Yeah, number one. Do you, do you, you know how to shoot guns? Yeah, I know how to shoot guns. Well, I was on a deer lease about five years ago here, not too far from here. Some friends came into town. They wanted to go on a lease, and we, I went with them. And so we were, we were deer hunting, and, and uh, to the side of this, this place where we were staying, there was a pistol range. And uh, so there was about six of us there, and a couple of them had never shot pistols. And, you know, I'd shot 22 pistols just at stuff and, you know, not really thought about it because I always just shot rifles. And somebody says, you know how to shoot a pistol? I said, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't even, th- I mean, I, I understand guns, and, and I've shot guns all my life, so, yeah, I can shoot a pistol, you know? Okay, well, let's go. There's a target out there, and so we all shot, and, man, I couldn't, I mean, if, if there was a barn door 10 feet in front of me, I think I would have missed it. And, 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 I mean, I got, I, I'd get aggravated. I mean, I went through, I don't know how many clips trying to hit this target. I mean, I hit it a little bit, but not n- nothing like I thought I could hit do. I mean, the guy asked me, do you know how to shoot pistols? And I'm thinking, yeah. But I really didn't think about it. And, you know, you can know things about guns, but if you've never practiced a specific kind, you may not know how to shoot it. You can know that it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to it. You can know that. But if you've never practiced it and you don't really understand what seeking the kingdom is, you can find yourself going through the motions of something that's not accomplishing that. Can you say amen? That's why you need the church. That's why you need to be connected to a group of people that are teaching the word and their vision and focus are in the, on the great commandment and the great commission. The last two things that Jesus left for his disciples to do. Love God and people and make disciples. That's why you're connected to it. Psalm 92 says that those who are planted in the house shall flourish in the courts. Those who are really planted in the house and know how to plant into the house in in what God is building and and and, and make investments into that of their time, of their finances, uh, of their lives. As you're planted there, then the courts represent to me, to me what the courts represent, you may see something different, what the courts represent is everything else. When I'm planted in the house, I'm going to flourish in everything else I do. But you, get, you, 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 you will cast off the restraints of those kind of boundaries that the Word of God brings to you if you don't gain redemptive revelation from what you hear preached. What I'm sharing with you today, I, I'm, there, there is, there's not an ounce of intimidation of me talking and preaching and ministering to you about the house and about money. There's no intimidation. But what, I, what, what you have to have, you can't receive something just because I say it. You've got to go to the Word yourself and believe that what was taught, and then you've got to believe that what I teach is true. The Bible says that. Paul told Timothy, you've got to believe in those who brought you the Word. You have to believe in what people teach. But you have to know that what they teach is true. It's got to be revealed. You have to have redemptive revelation. If you just have knowledge, a lot of people have knowledge. One of the things 
I heard somebody say this, so it wasn't original with me. I heard, I heard somebody make this statement. And they said this, and I've, I've been saying it ever since. Matthew 6.33 doesn't say, seek first wealth. It doesn't say, seek first prosperity. It says, seek first his kingdom. And then the wealth and prosperity will follow. See, the world has a knowledge of things that they set up for gain. And if, if the knowledge that you have is not bathed in redemptive revelation, that knowledge will lead you astray. You see? But, but if, if you're wanting to learn physics, you're not going to learn physics by hearing me teach. Okay? But if you seek the kingdom first and you hear what I teach, then you'll go study physics wherever you need to study physics and you'll learn it and you'll develop it the way God wants it developed. Or whatever your, the thing would be. See, we have to have redemptive revelation to have discernment to use the knowledge that we gain in the world and use it correctly. Because knowledge in itself will puff up. It will cause you as an individual person to think more highly of yourself than you should think. And will cause you to think that where there's success in your life, it's a result of, your, of what you've done. On Wednesday nights, we're teaching on prayer. It's, uh, I really was not even aware that my wife is going to do the, this women's thing. On prayer. So, I mean, God's wanting us to really get a hold of some things regarding prayer and understanding what it is. And when one day God said something really profound to me about a year ago. And he said, he said to me, you're not really understanding you're not really understanding what prayer is it was very I mean just the, the, the statement just shocked me it said you're not really understanding what I want you to know about prayer and we're going to share I'm going to talk about this on Wednesday night but I, want, I just want to say this Real prayer is connection with God. And understanding how to pray comes from the revelation from this, how to pray. And a lot of times, in a lot of cases, most people pray out of either either default or out of desperation. Because something has gotten to a certain place where... You think there's nothing else to do but pray. But what's gone on before that, where we've not sought God, is all kinds of verbiage and words and things in the negative realm that are actually out there working against you. You're putting them out there with your mouth, and those things are working against you. So when we pray, the words go forth, but they're, they're, they're bouncing off of, a lot of the negative and the stuff that we've put out there and voiced 
that are keeping our prayers from penetrating when God says, seek his kingdom first, and then he said, first of all, pray. First of all, pray. First of all, before you say anything, before you do anything else, pray. You're going to buy a new house? First of all, pray. Is it God's will? Is it right? You're going to buy a new car? Why would I pray to God about if I'm going to buy a new car? First of all, pray. If you want to be involved in kingdom business and kingdom activity in anything that you do, first of all, pray. But most people don't believe in the benefit of what connection with God and getting wisdom from God about what it is that you're going to do. Is this right or not? People don't believe in that, so they don't take the time to first of all do that. See, it's all part of the understanding of what his kingdom is and what it's about and how it operates. And so many things today in the world are producing a lot of knowledge about issues and about certain topics in life. There's so much knowledge out there, but without redemptive revelation, you have no discernment in knowing what is right or what is not. What will work for you or what won't work for you. But I'm telling you today, we can. Amen? Amen? And we will. And we are a part of advancing the kingdom by hearing his voice, being aware of his voice, and then doing what he says. Can you say amen? So, Excuse me, man. So, you know, my, my desire is to see, my desire is to see people be sold out for what God is building. My greatest desire all the days that I've lived and walked and operated, have been to see people sold out in what God is building. And he's building his church. And you know what? There's all kinds of things in the world of the church worldwide that you could, you could look at and, and complain about and say this isn't working and that's not working and why should, we, why should we be a part of church life and connection with people on, on a day-to-day basis. Why should we be connected with other people when, you know, this person's done this and there's been this mistake and this mess up and all that kind of thing? Yeah, there's been a lot of things. There's been a lot of stuff through the years that have not been right. But does that make the church wrong? Absolutely not, because God's building the church. Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. But the church is founded on the rock of Revelation. And there can be no revelation come to people if they're not convinced in what they're hearing. You know, there's a lot of word that's taught all over the country today. And, and, and listen to word. But you've got to come and be a part of something in such a way that when you hear the word taught and it produces for you that you believe in who's teaching it. Because a lot of times you can hear somebody teach that, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, but you've got to come to a place where you dig it out for yourself and you know why you don't believe that. There's a reason why. The only reason you shouldn't believe something that is preached in the name of Christianity is because you found in the Word that it's not true. But listen to me. You shouldn't believe anything that people teach unless you go dig it out for yourself. You shouldn't just believe something because it sounds good. 
You ever heard people make the comment, well, you know, they tell you something and, and you ask them, is that really true? Well, it was in the paper. Okay. It was in the paper, so that means it's true. I, I, I mean, through the years, I've had people quote so-called scriptures to me that you can't find them. They're not in the Word. People use different quotes that they've heard all their life. Well, you know, it's in the Bible. Well, <laughs> no, that, that's not in the Bible. That's a good thought. And some, some, it's a good quote that somebody made up, but it's not in the Bible. You know, so, so do you know what you're saying is from the Word of God? And you've got to know it. That's the benefit of the church. The church is the house, the pillar of truth. And, and, and what's established here is established here for a reason and a purpose. And it's to build you up and cause you to flourish in everything that you do in life. Amen? And, and for you and I both to be convinced of it will cause the church of Jesus Christ and, and this congregation of people that's a part of the church worldwide to be effective in the things that we're called to do. Not everybody's called to do everything around the world. But, but I promise you, we're called to see people saved in Kerr County and all the surrounding areas here. We're called to see people discipled and their lives won over and, and, and pulled out of bondage in different areas of their life and, and set free. That's what we're called to do in this area. And, and how we accomplish that, we've been talking about and we talk about a lot in this body, how to accomplish that. There's a lot of different ways. Amen? So connection... To the church of God and what God is building is vital. Now, uh, what I want to, what I just want to finish up today and say is, I want you to look in in Haggai chapter one, if you would. We've been at Gates of the City here in this building. We've been here for five years. How many know when you, if you buy a house and you move into a house, it's like all of a sudden you see the work in progress, right? You see the work that is, that is needed to finish out a house or to do to all the different things that you want to change and you want to make right. And we moved in this house five years ago, and there's, there's work that is to be done here. And um, in uh, one of the things that we feel like is really important about this piece of property is the entrance of this piece of property um, down at the fence when you come in. Um, I'm sure many of you have had thoughts about this when you drive in the property that it's unfinished and that it could be dressed up better and look better. There's different things about this larger piece of property that could be done that way, and that's part of finishing this property. And down at the front, um, we are, uh, what our Heart for the House offering this year is going to be towards is, is an entrance and an exit down there, a new fence, a new sign, and a lot of dirt work. There's a lot of dirt work on the sides of the roads to make culverts down the side for the rain and everything that they're going to be done. 
We've got it priced out. It's going to be about $25,000 to do all of that work in the front to kind of beautify the front of our property. And, you know, in, in our offering that we talked about last week that is those of, that have a willing heart and, and they want to be a part of that, we've never pressed people ever to give a dime in the, in, in, to this house. We want you to see that as you, and I'm, what I'm going to share with you in Haggai, is, is what we want you to see is that investing in the house will cause you to flourish in what you do. And, and, and it's vital to understand that. And so um, we, we want people, for their first impression, as they drive through the gates of gates of the city, we want their first impression to be a positive one. And, you know, I mean, it, it looks, we're thankful, our Heart for the House men's group that weed-eated and did things yesterday. We do... Uh, Lee Dunning does a lot in, in, in mowing the front of it to keep the grass down and keep things looking as good as it can look, but it doesn't look anything like it should look, right? And, and so our heart for the house offering this year is going to go towards doing that and, and finishing the front of, of the property. There's other things left. There's a lot more to be done here. Down the, down the hallway uh, of our church, down the side, there's four classrooms that are not finished. Right through that wall right there, is a dining room and a kitchen that are not finished. Uh, around the back there is a set of stairs that you can't see because it's closed off to the upstairs where there's 7,000 more square feet on upstairs on that side of the building for kids' church and all that kind of thing. And so those are projects that will be finished because we're a work in progress. Can you say amen to that? And so <clears throat> we're just here today in this month to talk about the benefits of your life. Paul said, Paul said when he talked in Ephesians, in Philippians 4 about giving, he said, I, I'm not, I, I don't desire the gift itself. He said, my desire is to see the profit that increases to your account. And when you understand giving that way, when you give from a sincere heart, when you give willingly, not under pressure, in this body nobody will ever look at you crossways or have any kind of attitude towards you if you don't give into this offering uh, at, on the first week of, of October. That there'll never be that. They'll, there's never been that. We want people to want to give. And as you sow, you receive to sow again. Amen? But what you're a part of is advancing the kingdom of God here at Gates of the City. Because when things are done right and they look professional and things are well done here, then people that walk in the doors think that we're serious about what we're doing. And I, I mean, I believe our, our place is, it, it looks good, but, it can, but, but there's so much more that can be done to it, and that's what we're about in the days ahead. Can you say amen to that? So in, ha in Haggai chapter uh, 1, I just want to, there's a, there's a lot of things that can be said in this passage right here, um, but I'm going to focus just on a couple. <clears throat> in verse 4, this is the word of the Lord to Haggai. And the word of the Lord here, and this had to do with the building of the temple, he said, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple lie in ruin? Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So, in, in this passage, God was really hard on the people. In, in Old Covenant teaching and revelation concerning the building of the temple, the house of God 
The house of God that housed the presence of God was that actual temple. In the New Testament, the house of God is the church. Everybody say, I'm the church. Right? The house of God is the church. The house of God is not the house like it was back then. The house of God is the church. The church is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1 says the church is his body in the earth, right? Well, what this building represents because of what we use it for, this is the house of God where the church meets. We gather in this place as the church, and it's what God is building. What God is building is what he's building inside each individual person. That's what he's building. It's not that he's building the natural buildings, but we have to have a place to meet. And we have a great place to meet on the, on the top of this hill. And this place to meet is a tool to see people one. And, and that's what you have to grab a hold of. See, if you, I, I can say it, I'm not up here trying to be a cheerleader and trying to work you up and get you all emotional and thinking that's what you're supposed to do. You've got to believe it. I believe that this place is a tool to win people in Kerrville and all the surrounding areas. I believe that. I want you to believe that. And if you believe it, then you're not going to just spend your days on your house and your life and just everything about you, but you're going to first consider from God what to invest into the house so that then your house will flourish. Those who are planted in the house and those who plant in the house will flourish in everything else that they do. I mean, you know what? It's not rocket science. It's just simple. As long as seed time and harvest, or as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest. Whatever a man sows, whatever a man sows on purpose, the same shall he receive back. And today, what I want you to see from this passage and the things that, we've, that we're talking about is I want you to see how and what God is looking for. And he's looking for a passion. He wants you and I to have a passion for what he has a passion for. All of heaven, all of heaven, all of heaven is focused on the church. It's God's pride and joy. Old Testament says God's eyes were on his house and his heart was in it. New Testament, 1 Timothy 3 and 15 says the house of God is the church. His eyes and his heart are in and on the church and the building of the church. The church, according to Ephesians 1, is his body. The fullness of him that fills all of us, right? We're, we are the temple of the living God. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. He consumes us. He wants to be in absolute charge and control of everything that we do. But if you and I live our lives giving place and, and giving, giving credence to knowledge that comes from the things of the flesh and the carnal realm, without bathing that knowledge in, in the things of the Spirit and understanding what God wants and what God says is true, if we don't take the time to develop that, 
we'll find ourselves spinning our wheels and not seeing the fruit that God desires for the church to see. God wants you and I to be passionate about what he's passionate about. And I'm telling you today, God is passionate about his house, about his church, about the body of Jesus Christ. He is passionate about it. And this morning, what, what I'm leaving you with is that as you see the purpose of this house, as you see it, uh, many of you on our, on our membership Sunday, many of you took um, uh, bylaws to go over and, and look at and to, to sign. There are many of you that did that. Make sure to you know, come and make appointments and, and come and, and talk that over about being members of, of, of Gates of the City. It's a good thing, a positive thing. Um, but as, a, as you do that, what, what God wants you to be convinced of is that what we're doing here is a part of what he's doing worldwide. See, because we don't want to be a part of something that Pastor Burt's building. We want to be a part of what God is building. Amen? That we just want to be connected to what he's building. And if you and I are connected to what he's building, then we will flourish in everything that we do. Everybody say flourish today. Say it again, flourish. Amen? You know what? I, this is bad English, but I'll say it like this. I'm a flourisher. I'm a flourisher. <laughs> yeah. Huh? We're flourishing. We're flourishing in everything that we do. We're advancing and prospering and things are opening up and we're understanding things that we've never seen before. I'm telling you, the revelation that I've got, I've gotten about prayer is the key to answered prayer. And you know what the revelation is? You see, it's a revelation. It's not because I'm such a great prayer. I, I've gotten a revelation. I, I've seen more answered prayer in the last year that there's not any reason to even talk about because the answers to the prayers that I prayed that I've seen answered weren't because of my powerful prayer. They were because God said. He said, speak this and do this. And I did it and it worked. Sometimes I think some of us have gotten lost in this pride thing that we're such great prayers and that it's going to produce results. It's not because of your prayer. It's, a, it's because of your obedience to pray what he said pray. <laughs> That's the key to success. That's the key to answered prayer. The key to advancing and prospering in the midst of a perverted world that we're in right now that, and, and the things that we're experiencing in this world, I mean, it's, it's like some days it, it's like over the top. But I can't allow myself to focus on natural things. I've got to stay advancing the kingdom. I've got to stay kingdom-minded because, I listen, people may talk about um, America's coming down. America's not coming down because I'm here. How about you? Huh? Nothing's, nothing's going to, mean, I mean, there's attack. There, there's, when, when America disobeys and turns their back on God from the presidency down and in government and those kind of things, yeah, there's, there is great recompense for those kind of things. But I'm telling you today, we're here to fight and advance the kingdom of God. And it's not about America advancing as much as it is about the kingdom advancing. Then America will advance. Amen?
So we just got to stay kingdom-minded. How many people are being saved every day? Over 6,000 people around the world every day are being saved. So let's just add to the number. And it's not enough for them to just be birthed. The Franco's little baby, thank God that the baby is birthed, right? And, and thank God for the birth of the little child. But now they've got to raise the child. See, now you have to disciple people. They, it's one thing for them to get saved, but you've got to take responsibility for them and make sure that they grow up. If they didn't do anything with this child, if they just left the child to fend for itself and do whatever, would the child make it? Absolutely not. It doesn't have the capabilities of making it. And so we've got to help people grow up. That's why we've got to preach truth. What I'm telling you today is truth. And, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe in the house and believe in the things that we're doing. And as we talked about, at the end of or the first Sunday in October, we're going to receive our provision for the house offering that will go towards really making the front of our property really beautiful. Can you say amen to that?